up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So I had a conversation with a coworker of mine. Uh, he's a little older, baby boomer. And within that conversation, we talked about the importance of pursuing a career of passion or pursuing a career for financial stability. Now, his obvious answer was just financial stability. You got to take care of family. You got to pay bills. You got to do all the things that society says you need to get a career to do. Not for any satisfaction, not for creativity, not for individualism, just to make sure that you are stable. And to in my core, that just contradicted everything that I am and represent and what I try to achieve. Um, and I think that's something that's representative in a lot of millennials. I hate to refer to myself as a millennial, but whatever. It's something that we truly believe is not all but we truly believe is not worth sacrificing creativity and individualism is something that just can't be replaced it can't be substituted for anything else and we've seen that within some of these baby boomers in the workforce they retire um, unhappy it doesn't guarantee them the financial stability and what did you dedicate yourself to a company for 30, 40, 50 years for ultimately to have nothing at the end? So today I am sitting with a local Philly blogger. Her name is Carlita. She is owner of Carlita's Closet. You can find her on Instagram, Facebook, and her website, Carlita's Closet. Uh, but we had that specific talk mainly because she was able to leave the workforce and find a job where she can pursue something that was much more meaningful, impactful, and passionate to her desires. We had a conversation about that and, of course, what her blog represents and what she's able to do with her creativity now that she has this free time. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering how I make my podcast sound so crisp and clean. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the time, and equipment to make this podcast happen. And it doesn't just end there. It's also an opportunity to connect with other creative individuals just like me. And not just other podcasters. I'm talking writers, musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head on down to Rec Philly. It is super affordable. The memberships are great. And it's an opportunity to flex your creative muscles. If that's you, I hope to see you there soon. Carlita, what's going on? How you how you making out today? Hey, Salah. I'm doing good. Thank you for finally uh, hounding me and making this happen. I know it's something that I've wanted to do, and I know you wanted to do this as well. I've so. been so excited to be yeah. a guest. So uh, I'm glad we are able to have this discussion. Um, and it really kind of started with one of the episodes I did with that good friend, uh, LaShawn, who's an HR manager. Yes, that um, one really resonated with me. Tell me why that episode resonated with you. In particularly, that episode really resonated with me uh, being a millennial and just recently have gone gone through like a major career change mm. um, and kind of transitioning into a job where I'm not in HR, but I am in recruiting. So right. I'm seeing how HR works and um, definitely see like a lack of minority um, within the industry. And it just really resonated with me too, coming from like technical fields. Uh, women are lacking in that field. Mm. Yeah, we uh, so. We used to work together for, I don't know, what was that, three three or four years? I yeah. don't know how long I've been there. Yeah, it was um, a while. But we, we worked together for a while, and, um, you know, you leaving, what, what sparked you 
making that career change because I feel like that's been something that's played into a lot of millennials and how they feel when tackling career and some of the things that are contrary to what the common belief is when we go into the workforce. Oh, most definitely. I think um, it was like a major thing for my mom to take uh, that I was going to quit a job I had been at for about five years Mm. and was doing pretty well at. She was like, why would you leave this company? You have your 401k with them. Like you've started all investing early, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, mom, that's not what's important to me. Like what's important to me is at the end of the day, you know, being happy about what I'm doing, what I'm bringing up. Professional development as well as personal development. I feel like as millennials, we get to a point where we're in a job when you've been there for three or four years, you kind of have gone up the ladder. You've seen, you know, what you can achieve at that corporation. And it just kind of personally realizes how much more you can tap into. It's so funny that you say this. I was just talking to Bree about this and I was looking back on my career and I don't think I've ever stayed in one position for more than like two, three years. Right. And I get this like this burning itch to just like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out. Of, I got to do something different. I have to improve what I'm doing. I have to to change the flow. And it's is that something that you felt? Definitely. Definitely. And again, I think like being our generation, we want to make an impact and mm. we don't just want to go to work to have a job and have a paycheck. So let's backtrack. So how old are you? I just turned 25. That's funny. I actually didn't even know that the answer <laughs> to that question. Um, so you take it take it back to as you're, you're just leaving high school, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm setting the scene, the scenario. that I don't know if you live this. <laughs> but you, you just left high school. You're, you're starting college. And, you know, I know for me personally, there was a belief of you work hard. You prove yourself. You are expected to work for one company, you stay there for 40, 50 years, you get your pension, your 401k, whatever, and you go into retirement and you live a long and everlasting life. Is that the the pipe dream that you were sold? Definitely, definitely in a sense, for sure. Uh, My parents definitely grew up with that same kind of mentality. Um, My dad was an entrepreneur, so he had his Mm. own business, like construction business, but still like would never have done anything different, would never have switched major career paths and done something completely unknown, um, which is something like I think we as a generation embrace um, those challenges and being scared and not knowing you're going to be the best at something, um, but willing to try it and see if you succeed or fail. Um, And that's something I really think has broken between uh, the generations, between our parents and us. And in particularly, uh, you know, back to the dream, um, I don't want to stay someplace and just have a pension and retire. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to know that it's personally fulfilling. And what I'm doing is making an impact not only on my life, but others. It's funny because I, I have this, I have a lot of internal debates in my head, actually. But one that I always have is, which is kind of sad that you even have to choose this. Um, whether it's it's choosing a career on, and I think I even asked this within my Instagram, choosing career on passion or cr- choosing a career on financial stability. And it's it's a shame that that has been something that was the expectation in the past mm-hmm. um, that I think our generation is, is finally trying to change and break. Uh, but it, it's it's coming at a sacrifice for a lot of people because... Choosing that career of passion means you're sacrificing some financial stability. 
definitely definitely um that's definitely a struggle within you know our generation um but something i think we're more so willing to stray away from those traditional jobs where you're staying somewhere and you know yes it might be more financially rewarding but at the end of the day is it personally rewarding Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people are kind of having that self-reflection and just realizing that there are other avenues now too for extra profit such as social media you could mm. have a blog gotcha. on the side or, you know, you could have something that's going to be giving you extra income um, on top of whatever you're doing full time. So you perfect segue. You left uh, the company you were working for. Um, has that allowed you the opportunity to pursue some of those things that you were more passionate about um, while trying to build your financial stability and maintain your financial stability? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't quit my job not having a job in place. I couldn't do that. I do have um, a mortgage to pay. Sometimes I do wish I can do that, though. I know. It would be nice. And I do know people who have done it. (laughs) Um, It's a scary thing. It's very scary. And I give them all the power because they're brave souls to uh, do that. But, um, yeah, I definitely needed to have something that I knew was going to at least net me, you know, X, Y, Z at the end of the month to pay my bills. And I made sure the job I am currently working was going to offer that. And um, but, yeah, overall, it just allowed me to have so much more time to myself and to putting into my blog and to doing things um, like I never had a weekend off. Even throughout high school, I worked in high school. Um, So from like 16 to 23. I was working every weekend like and that's that's something that I don't think our um, I I think our parents generation has really taken into account Um, you know back in the day and I always I I blame baby boomers for a lot of things Um, one of the biggest things I blame them for is our current state of workforce and the expectations that surround that you know I think I saw a, a post on Instagram recently and it talked about how everybody's 40 hour work week it's just not the same you know because some people work weekends oh yeah you know kind of like what you were saying they don't have the opportunity to do the things that other people that work a nine to five monday to friday have the opportunity to do sometimes they work nights sometimes they're traveling over you know an hour just to get to work by Mm -hmm. public transportation um so there's a lot of different factors that today's workforce is putting so much more of a burden on millennials that uh, our baby boomer generation, I don't think, considered as we started to, uh, as we make our way into today's life. Like, do you blame baby boomers as much as I do? Like, I, I, I feel do. like they're, they're, <laughs> they're the, they're, it's their fault. Especially for company cultures yeah. in particular, um, with corporations, especially, you know, within America. Um, I think there's like a big gap in how they should be treating employees. Mm. Um, you know, like there's definitely, um, less women that should, or, you know, that need to be in higher places, like, you know, and minorities, the same respect. Um, You know, over in Europe and Switzerland, you know, they value that work-life balance so much more and they become so much more productive as employees that I think we should take note um, as far as, like, holiday goes and siesta, nap in the middle of the day and things like that. Seriously, do you know how productive I could be if I had a nap in the middle of my day? I get up and go to, I leave for work at, a little before 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. I don't get home until after 6 p.m. 
I need a nap. Like right. I need a nap in the middle of that day. Otherwise, I'm just coming home eating and then going to sleep. Which and I can definitely relate to that. Um, I wake up at like five thirty most mornings mm. to get into the city on the train, and then I'm in the city until five thirty p.m. <laughs> and yeah, like it's just a cycle that um. Yeah, it's hard to get that time that you finally, you know, want to cherish and have to yourself. And I think we really as a generation realize how much more valuable that is than even a financial, you know, paycheck at the end of the day. Um, I spoke with someone today and he said, um, you know, working for the company he works at, he wants to stay because they value family Mm. more than anything. Mm. And being a father, he said that's worth its weight in gold. It is. It, it certainly is. Um, I, I'm trying to recall a study or or um, not a study. I'm trying to recall a uh, profile in some company. And I don't remember exactly which company it was, but they they give their employees the option of working a four hour workday five days a week. Or like a six-hour workday, four days a week, or something condensed like that. Same mm-hmm. salary, mm-hmm. Um, and they've seen an increase in their productivity, way beyond having people come in working a typical eight-hour workday, being tired, wasting tons of time on social media, or just just being unproductive. And being unproductive yeah, and then going home, <laughs> like being able to go into work, and I'm. 100% positive I can condense the amount of work I do within a day to four hours. In most um, full-time jobs now um, where we're working 40 to 50 hours a week, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could definitely be condensed to a lot shorter than that. We're definitely filling those times um, to get those overtime hours or whatever yeah, it may sure. be. Uh, <laughs> but I also read a recent study uh, very similar about for- proposing four-day work weeks mm. and three-day weekends. And honestly, I was talking to a couple people at work, and we were like, we would be so much more productive right. if we had Mondays off. Yeah. <laughs> Although that kind of leads to an escalation of, well, like, maybe let's just give us Tuesdays off, too. Right, anyway, right. Um, but th- th- you, let's talk about something you, you touched on a bit, um, and it was women in the workforce. Um, and especially within leadership roles, it's something that I've seen. Uh, I, I've seen lack a lot within a number of different companies that I work for in the past. Do you think that is something that is within your experience? Is that something that we're seeing an increase of? Um, do you think that companies are paying attention to the new demands that millennials are making, like more? people of color, more women in leadership. Um, you know, I I already know that they're not really paying too much attention to the demands on work schedules, but are some right. of those, you think some of those demands are being met within the millennial workforce? I do think slowly but surely those demands are being met. And I think a lot of that also has to do with uh, the baby boomer generation exiting mm. the workforce um, and us being able to have more influence mm. and say within uh, company cultures and changing the... Um, how that's perceived with um, being a woman in power or, you know, and being and then having a stay at home dad. Right. <laughs> um, I definitely think we are seeing a lot more of that being more and more common. Um, I've definitely had a few women managers like in my last few positions. Um, so that's been a nice, like refreshing thing to see. What um, what tell everybody what you do currently? 
Currently, I am doing um, IT technical recruiting and staffing uh, downtown at a place called JobSpring. Mm. And so what we do is we help people get jobs within the IT world here in Philly, and we also help companies staff their IT positions. Now, one of the things that's been a high resurgence of entrepreneurs in the workforce is the threat of automation and the threats of all of these jobs that are going to be either shipped overseas to um, companies that they can pay lower wages for or to just, you know, a robot's going to be doing my job. And that's one of the biggest threats is IT. Um, That also counts in service industry um, and all really service industries, transportation, retail, A lot of them, right, yeah. We're seeing a lot of those automated, um, those Pepsi-Cola robots rolling around campuses, delivering sodas and snacks to Wait, kids. Wait, is that a thing? That's a thing. That's de- Yep, yeah, that's um, a thing now. Um, it's primarily only on the West Coast over in Seattle. But um, yeah, like they're definitely pushing for a lot more robotics and a lot more, you know, AI. Data science is the number one um, recruited for and placed Um position within america right now wow which is kind of crazy yeah and um we're definitely seeing technology continue to take things over it's not going anywhere within everyone's day-to-day uh lives and our cell phones becoming more and more apt um and crazy with all the things they can do and the power of our palm um So I definitely don't think that's going anywhere. Um, And while it's taking away a lot of those physical jobs and manual labor in certain aspects, um, it's definitely increasing other jobs in developing and, you know, the technical space in that sense. So that brings me to my next question, which is I I know I personally blame baby boomers for a lot of the, the conditions within the workforce that we have today. Uh, but are we are millennials partly to blame for our appetite for convenience? And I think that it has been something that millennials aren't really dealing with well or just acknowledging within themselves that our, our convenience has uh, increased the opportunity for a lot of these jobs to be replaced by automation. Is that something that you think is going to be a reckoning coming soon? It could come to bite us in the behind. Um, it, it's definitely very possible. Uh, like one thing I was mentioning the other day, um, my house is, my boyfriend's making it like a smart house. Like we yeah. can tell Google to turn on the TV and the lights and this and that. And I'm like, well, at what point does it get too much? Where, yeah, like yeah. I should be getting up to get the remote or yeah. is Google or Alexa listening to me having my conversations when I'm not talking to them? Um, that also freaks me out like a lot. I, I feel like th- <laughs> this this can easily spiral into a whole different conversation about my uh, my conspiracy theories with the technology overlords. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, because, yes, they actually are. There is data out there that shows that they are actually listening to every single thing. When you have these Google Homes or Alexa, they are actually recording and listening to every single thing that is being said, whether you are using the device or not. not. It's constantly on and pinging back to their servers. But that's a whole other thing. It is. Um, But I just definitely think those kinds of situations and those kinds of kind of not realizing how 
we're automating all of these processes and how maybe we should keep it a little bit more humanistic. You know, we need kids to know how to speak to one another and not mm. just communicate over text and over a computer. Um, so I do think those kinds of things could come to, you know, bite us in the ass. Yep, exactly. Hmm. It, it's something that, um, you know, I, I think we rightfully so a lot of the baby boomers that are still in the workforce are in turn you know we're blaming them for the conditions of service jobs and and those other jobs that aren't that are still uh in place but they're blaming us for replacement of their jobs because of the convenience factor in it and all of those different things that automate what they can do and are putting them out of work essentially you know that's one of the biggest things with this renewable energy surge and and right. how so many coal jobs are were put out and yes coal is a very um, prehistoric kind of way of, of finding uh, energy but it still puts thousands and thousands of people out of jobs um, so it, it's something that I think it threatens the millennial generation more than the baby boomer gen- baby boomer generation. I think yes and no. Um, I think the threats go both ways and like the blame game could go, you know, all day long between the two generations. Mm. But um, in particularly like, yes, the coal industry is going out and all of those manual labor, you know, miners who have not really a whole lot of experience with any other technical skills or anything, you know, that could get them a more warehouse related job. Um Yes, that's definitely going to hurt like the economy and things in the short run. But in the long run, those renewable energy sources are going to allow changes within the environment that we've seen happen over the last few years um, and whatnot. Exactly. To definitely change within the next few generations. So, again, I think it goes back to millennials really caring about what we're doing and not just doing a job to do a job. Hmm. Like, I think some of our... I know my mom had told me this, like, yeah, she was a secretary at a doctor's office just to afford childcare and whatnot. And, you know, she was like, I definitely wouldn't have done that if I didn't have to do it. Right. I, I think you, you speak to uh, something that I know I personally felt. It's kind of what really started me into doing this podcast um, is I don't want to say it was like something spiritual or higher calling but just something that I can add value to and that it's my own and that I don't feel constrained from the creative mindset or just my personal ability to do things, um, whereas a company limits you and they limit what you can do, when you can do it, uh, the creativity behind it, and ultimately it's just not yours and you can be replaced at the end of the day. Right. And I think that's definitely something, um, you know, that we're dealing with more and more as our generation wants to evolve and we want to make these impacts and these changes within cultures and companies. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. And we're realizing that. But the more we push for it and the more we really advocate how much more productive you can be when you have those shorter work days or if you have a longer weekend, you know, we will slowly see the change. Um, But in the meantime, you definitely need to find that outlet. You need to find that blog. You need to find that podcast or put yourself forward to start making that impact in the community as well because it starts with us. What what advice do you think you could give yourself yourself? five years ago, given, you know, what you've experienced throughout your career, 
leaving uh, a, a job and pursuing something else so that you can have a little bit more creativity and and being able to throw yourself behind your blog and, and getting into more of your passion, what advice would you give yourself? I would have told myself to do it sooner. Yeah. Take the leap. When you're afraid, uh, you know, being uncomfortable is the only thing that's going to make us be better people and, you know, improve these situations. Mm. So really get get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's hard. That's That's super hard to do because you're going up against a system that has told you to stay comfortable yep. until you are stable enough to do something, which almost, you know, who knows when or if that ever happens. Exactly. And that's always going to limit you. Hmm. So, yeah, I definitely I think that's one thing I really enjoy about this new job is every day I'm like forcing myself into these uncomfortable situations, hmm. but I'm personally developing so much. That's dope. That's really dope. Apparently, I say dope a lot. I'm going <laughs> to cut that out. <laughs> All right. So, uh, plug time. Tell us about your blog. Okay. Carlita's Closet, if you haven't heard already. Um, on Instagram, I write my own website uh, based off of Squarespace. And um, really am getting the word out there. I've been a lot more consistent with the last few months since I've been able to put a lot more time and energy into it. I've been able to immerse myself within the philly fashion blogger community which is really cool which is like a really big community that i'm i'm finding out it is, like it is uh, not that i'm into the philly fashion blogger community but like i i see the interactions and i have a few blogger friends um and it's a huge community it is and it's awesome how it's growing and we're uh continuing to you know advocate for these events and things around philadelphia to bring all of these like-minded entrepreneurial spirited women together and I've never been surrounded by so many women who want to see other women succeed, which is really empowering. So, all right. One last question that I ask everyone. What's your most favorite thing in the world right now? Okay. So I was totally prepared for this because I listened to all <laughs> of Salah's podcasts. I wasn't caught off guard like a lot of other people. <laughs> but, Did your homework. I appreciate that. But um, right now, it's definitely Game of Thrones. Seriously? I'm a recent oh fan. I just started watching in January, caught up before uh, Sunday, and I am definitely, it's my most favorite thing you right now. You did some serious binge watching. I definitely did some serious binge watching. Did you watch the latest episode? Yes, I did. It was it was pretty good. It was. It was amazing. Seriously, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh my God, more Game of Thrones. But like, get over yourself. It's a really good show. And like, seriously, I wasn't into it. I totally was one of those people who was like, oh my God, why are these people watching this every Sunday? And now yeah. I'm totally obsessed. It's a good show. Carlita, thank you very much. Carlita's Closet, you can find her on Instagram. Where else can we find it? Facebook and my website. Perfect. Thank you, Carlita. Thank you, Salah. Good conversation. All right, special thanks to Carlita for sitting with me today. Again, you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook. Also, her website, carlitascloset.com. Uh, it's a conversation that I really, really have wanted to have with her for a long time that I've had with some friends um, on a regular basis and challenging the expectations and the standards that are in place in today's workforce. Um, we've evolved. Our society has evolved. We as people, our expectations have evolved. Yet we are still confined to a workforce and system that is representative of the 30s, 40s and 50s. And that just doesn't make sense. Uh, companies that don't offer maternity and paternity leave, companies that still expect you to work eight and 10 hours consistently with no break, 
Um, these are just unrealistic expectations on the workforce that hinder creativity, that hinder individualism, and that really don't allow you to pursue things that you're passionate about. And just for the record, you shouldn't have to choose a career of passion or financial stability. Those things should fall in one and the same. They should line up perfectly for everyone and being able to financially uh, support yourself based on your creativity, based on what you provide to a company or what you can build within yourself. So challenge your workforce, challenge your place of work, challenge the institutions that are in place in order for the generation that's coming after us to have a better opportunity because they're already going to be trying to change the workforce that we are creating and it's going to be in place for them. So let's just make it a little bit easier for that next generation. Again, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Salas Corner. I have a really, really special guest coming up for you guys within the next few weeks. I'm going to be sitting down with council member at large, Derek Green. So if you have any questions, um, I know some of the biggest questions that some of my listeners have asked me is what exactly does a council member do? What is at large versus district? Submit those questions to me at realtalk at salazcorner.com. You can also find a survey to fill out um, and submit your questions that way on my website at salazcorner.com. Remember to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, peace, y'all.